Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Andrea Gazzetta! Yay! Yay! And we have got a great episode for you this week. We are taking a break from our series on Donald Trump and the MAGA cult, and instead we are bringing you an interview with a very special guest. We have Jordan Coburn on, who was the co-host of Mueller She Wrote, a podcast covering the entire Mueller investigation into Trump. Uh, and she also currently hosts I Disagree with with uh, Steve Shustek. Uh, it's a great show where two people with very differing ideas talk about a bunch of topics, and I love it a lot. I was a guest on it, but every episode that they do is really fun and really interesting. Um, but we had Jordan on to kind of talk uh, a bunch of stuff about Trump, you know, about what it feels like to record a podcast about Trump and all of the dumb fucking things that he's done. Yeah, I, I had a great time. I think it was super interesting. Very. I love Jordan. She's great. Yeah, very, she's very fun. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, I think before we get into it, we're we got some we got some news and some plugs. Beep, beep, beep. The news is that we have a Patreon. You can go to <laughs> patreon.com slash I feel like I actually got you that time. I was so surprised. I can't believe it, guys. You can go to patreon.com slash podcast to hear about all of our awesome rewards. Uh, we also, uh, we all have social media. If, if For me, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Mondo Does Stuff. That's M-A-N-D-O Does Stuff. Uh, you can follow me on all the things at Sundress Comic or you can check out my art on Instagram at Andrea Gazetta. And if you want to follow me, I've been giving out thanksgiving tips i'll be posting a bunch of pictures of food tomorrow or if you're listening to this on monday last thursday uh <laughs> you can follow me at rampage wesley on instagram or at page wesley on twitter you can also find our show on instagram at cult podcast or on twitter at cult podcast show you can also send us an email to cultpodcastshow at gmail.com. Or you can mail us Trump wigs made out of natural fibers that you yes. harvested from your own belly button. Yes, yes, at yes. 3756 West Avenue 40, Sweet K, number 237. Like, like the, the shining. shining. Los Angeles, California, 90065. Oh, yeah. And if you're looking for a new place to listen to our podcast, you should check out roosterteeth.com or the official Rooster Teeth app because it's super great. There's got a bunch of stuff on there. Um, and, uh, yeah, stay tuned. There might even be some other extra stuff with Colt Podcast going on soon. Real excited for that. It's excellent. It's... <laughs> even though it's roosters. Ah, no, they're still, they're still, they're, they're, do the, okay. It's clucking great. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. I have a question and you guys are going to make fun of me. Does the egg have a hard shell? Yes. When the rooster cum goes inside? No. Okay. So it, before, the, you can't just have an egg. You have to inseminate the hen before the egg is calcified. So it's just like, uh, it's just like a little egg in in our fallopian tubes, right? Like it's just like super microscopic, mm -hmm. and then it gets fertilized, mm -hmm. and then it grows in the womb, kind of to an egg size or the cloaca or whatever birds have. But yeah, it gets fertilized before it's hard. That yeah, makes a lot of they, sense. They fertilize it in the bird's floppy tube. 
<laughs> yeah, you get it. Yeah. Well, I'm just glad to hear that roosters don't just come on eggs and that's how babies are born. Yeah, um, yada, 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 breakfast. Anyway, for more information, go to roosterteeth.com. <laughs> Got real cocky with that one. That was great. I love that one. <laughs> that was really good. Um, yeah, it, I think without any further ado, let's get into the show. Hello. Hello. <laughs> That's how you start your morning, bitches. Get I know it's eggs. every morning. It's so annoying. And it she is, does it every morning, and I is, love it. It is funny that roosters crow to wake you up, and the first thing you do is eat their children. Maybe that's why they're upset. They can smell <laughs> breakfast cooking. Fee fi fo fum, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? Don't drink the cool For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always... These are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have... Andrea Gazetta! Yay! Yay! And with us we also have... Jordan Coburn. Yay! 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 (laughs) (laughs) I loved... I just saw the panic in Jordan's eyes as she yayed herself. She didn't know if she was allowed to cheer for herself. We're all allowed to cheer for each other on this show. Yeah. I joined into the yang very quickly. It was very culty of me. (laughs) See? There you go. That's how they get you. Group think. (laughs) Yaying. At the beginning of this podcast. That's what, yeah, we're trying to indoctrinate everyone who listens into a secret compound that we have going outside of uh, Roswell. We're actually training their minds to accept secret instructions after the yay. Yeah. (laughs) Yay. The birds aren't real. The earth is flat. Yay. (laughs) Mostly so far, we've just convinced a bunch of people to sign up for Patreon and, uh, and then one guy to, uh, Tattoo his body with our logo? Yeah. No. That, real. That, did, that did happen. That did yeah. happen. And and a lady to stamp her boob onto a tote bag and then sell it to us. Oh, yeah, my yeah, God. It's going great. It's going great. <laughs> oh, and that one time we got Kellogg's to send us a bunch of free cereal. That's yeah, true. Yeah, we did do that. And Pop-Tarts. What? And Pop-Tarts. What did you yeah. say to get them to do that? We, well, we, we talked we mad shit on their founder. <laughs> We basically sent them a message, uh, like an email that was like, Dear Kellogg's, if you don't send us snacks, we'll release the tape and you'll never recover from this. Did you guys know that there's a blackmail cut letters out of magazines font on Microsoft Word? Oh, my God. It comes default? It comes default. Yeah. For white people, it comes default. Hell, yeah. (laughs) Everyone can get in on the ransom. We love ransoming (laughs) things, dude. Yeah. We basically told them uh, we had a picture of Tony the Tiger uh, getting it on with the toucan from Fruity Loops. Uh, Uh, Toucan Sam. I forgot about that. Toucan Sam. That That was the blackmail? Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. With the Applejack cinnamon stick watching, like, from the closet. 
He's a little creep, isn't he? Yeah. Honestly, the weirdest part is that uh, it had nothing to do with the sexual nature of it, but just that they were eating uh, General Mills cereal in the background. <laughs> that's right. that's out, what got Out of up. the family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we are joined today uh, by a very good friend of the show, Jordan Coburn. Jordan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for for having me and for being a friend of our shows. My, you know, (laughs) I said (laughs) our present. Current. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Jordan, Jordan. So Jordan does. Uh, she, I believe, she did too. Now she does one podcast, correct? Yes. Yeah. So she, she does currently uh, one of my favorite shows to listen to because I like both of these people uh, outside of the podcast, and so I like the dynamic being recorded. I just think it's really fun. Uh, you do. I disagree with uh, with Steve Schustek. Yeah, it's a it's a fun podcast. Steve's a libertarian and I'm very liberal and he just has such horrible opinions. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was kind of a sneaky move because I created the podcast under the guise of fair discussion, but I just took all the listeners from our really liberal previous podcast, so now they just really shit on Steve the whole time. <laughs> I just I'm entirely unchecked. It's really fun. <laughs> She's gone mad with power. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We just talk about like politics and random stuff. And Armando's been on the podcast before, and it was it was great. We kind of had to stop doing guests, you know, once the whole uh, pandemic thing happened. But yeah, so we could we could just you're do you're figuring out guests. This is inspirational. I just I'm so terrified of screwing up audio. So oh man, that's um, like half of podcasting, honestly. Oh yeah. It's too much. You should have seen us during the live show when we had to like back to back live shows. Oh my God. And we had to like rewire the whole studio in between the live shows. We, oh God. we did a virtual live show for Halloween with uh, uh, f- another show, our sister show, Horror Virgin. And which Paige is also on. Yes, which Paige is also on. and uh, <laughs> Double duty live show. About 30 minutes before we were supposed to go live for this uh, essentially four to five hour event, like work day that we had planned for ourselves. Um, the, the place that we were recording it it uh the bathroom flooded and it and it leaked through the ceiling and the router ah. the the wi-fi router got soaked in water and stopped working uh and we had to go take it apart and dry all of the pieces and then figure out how to put it back together and just waited for 30 minutes to be like if this thing doesn't turn on i don't know how we're gonna go live right now oh we, have you tried putting it in a bag of rice yeah <laughs> yeah right that's like you didn't drop it in the toilet the toilet dropped on it <laughs> yeah yeah, that's, that's the, so disgusting. The toilet gave us a swirly, and uh, <laughs> it really threw us for a fucking loop. So, so that's pretty much just it. Is that every podcast, no matter how successful behind the scenes, is just like three to three to five people being like, "How the fuck does any of this work?" Ah! <laughs> I don't even know how I get here every day, <laughs> and it's in my living room. I don't know. <laughs> So uh, previously, before you did, I disagree. Uh, you you were the co-host of another show called Mueller She Wrote. Yeah, it was all about the Mueller investigation. We started it with some other local comics in San Diego, and we basically just wanted to cover the Mueller investigation when it started. So we did it, having no idea how long it was going to last. Started in November 2017 <laughs> when he dropped his first indictments, and uh, if you'd believe it, 
Trump just kept criming. So we have a podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's still going now. <laughs> I like how basically oh. everything this asshole does wrong starts with people saying, yeah, I thought it was only going to be like a month or two. And then, wow. <laughs> right. I think he's saying that to himself. He's like constantly surprised at the fact that he's still going. But it's, I mean, uh, even his election, too, we're just like, this is it. We're, he's not. He's not gonna be the candidate, though, right, guys? Yes. Yeah. Well, here's some. Here's exactly. a fun fact that I found out is that Donald Trump has been a serious candidate for the presidential election in almost every single election since I believe 1988, which yeah. is fucking what? wild. Yeah. His mm-hmm. his political aspirations go back way farther than most people understand. Right. That's uh so so this is as good a time to say this as any. I'm very knowledgeable of Trump shenanigans pretty much from the time that he seriously started. Well, you're saying he was seeking office way before, but from like 2016 on. So that I did not know. That's insane to me. Was it like in the Kanye way though? Yes. yes. It was entirely. Okay. <laughs> yes. Even I believe there was there was a, a point in time where he was actually offered like the chance to run as a candidate and then uh, and then that was the one year he was like, mm, "No, I'm okay." And then he just didn't <laughs> run. But how much of it do you think is him just realizing that like news organizations have to give equal time to different candidates? 50%. I would say it's Cuz he just wants free press. Like that's all he wants, right? I would say it's 50% the free press and then uh I think I think I think initially. And again, we will get into this um I think initially it started out as him wanting to be um like getting attention for his other businesses like just finding a free way to get into a pr- into the press which is something that uh that we've been covering on our on our series on Trump uh Trump's father uh, Frederick Tr- Frederick Christ, Christ Trump Trump Oh no I did not know his middle name was Christ <laughs> what yeah. Well it's German someone corrected us cuz it's the German it's, It is so German it's it's Christ but what's weird is that his son's name is Christ which is you know without the h his is Christ. I'm still going to say it Christ. It's spelled like Christ. I'm going to say it as Christ. Oh, my God. That's uh, also saying his whole name and not just referring to him as Fred is hilarious to me. <laughs> he insisted on reason. his full name. Yeah. It was like a thing. <laughs> yeah, he hated yeah. nicknames, which to me, that it makes so much sense why Donald's so bad at giving people nicknames. It's because he never yeah. got to have them growing up. Yeah. Also, only men have like a profound disdain for their names getting shortened. They're so like obsessed with length; it bleeds into their their no- their names as well. Wow, like, oh, so. my name my name is a grower, not a shower, because I go by Mondo. <laughs> but then you get to know me, and it's Armando. It's a little bit longer. Um, right, right. But yeah, his. We start calling you Arm. <laughs> Please don't. I'm a man and my name needs to be long and hard. Uh, <laughs> Please address me by my full name, Armando Christ Torres. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but but his father, uh, 
Christy boy, Freddy boy. Uh, well, Freddy was his brother. His his father, Fred Senior, used to do this stuff where he would um, he would kind of pull these really out there stunts. One of the things that we talked about is he used to get on a yacht and blast uh, patriotic songs, including the national anthem, off the coast of uh, I think it was Coney Island. Uh, yeah, it was Coney Island. And then he would drop a bunch of swordfish shaped balloons into the water and force people to like pick them out, and they had like special deals on them and shit so it's what the yeah (laughs) Yeah. it makes sense that his son grew up to basically be jimmy mcmillan for 20 years and then (laughs) end up falling ass backwards into the presidency yeah oh my god that's so coney island that's like my grandma she was like a broke brooklyn jew whose family immigrated there that's that's like the place that people are coming in that's fucked up and not surprising yeah not at all (laughs) But we so we you see that that kind of long-standing history of people doing outlandish things because they realize that if you do something crazy enough, people will just talk about you. Like that's a yeah. great way to get free press. Uh, well, and I think that we learned from his childhood that he just didn't hang. He wasn't with his mom a lot, you know. Yeah. So he wants attention. Like I don't think he had a lot of positive attention, and so I think anytime he gets attention, that's like what he wants and thrives on. Yeah, I mean, I can hard relate to that. You know what I mean? Uh, you mean Armando relate to that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you see Armando like, you're not a fucking psychopath. Everybody can sympathize with not getting enough attention to a very degree, I'm sure. But go to therapy, Trump. <laughs> I can't. If he just went to therapy, this is like... It- it's the most infuriating thing that therapy is not mandated to people like growing up as a child. <laughs> it's like every problem in the world, I swear, like results from a shitty relationship with their parents. It's like just fucking make everyone go to therapy and fix. It's uh, I'm sure it's not that easy. Before yeah. you get a driver's <laughs> license, like definitely like as kids, like the first step of getting your driver's license is like, OK, so first let's just talk about you. OK, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Are you, are you saying that they trick you into it? No, that like, like, you know, when you start to get your driver's license and they're like, okay, this is how we make left-hand turns. Like before that, it should be like, okay, this is how we express our needs in a healthy way. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were saying yes. they sneak it in. Like therapy is sneaky. <laughs> like, they... like instead of like a police officer coming to talk to you to tell you about like the most horrific car accident he's ever seen. Like it's a therapist that comes to you <laughs> and is like, well, you know, you can actually have a, a, a positive relationship with your parents when they apologize when they did something wrong to you. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. That's interesting. I love that. I really want that to be instituted immediately. <laughs> I looked at Luke on Armando's face when Andrea was like, a police officer describes a horrible accident. Did that not happen for you, Armando? No. <laughs> oh, you've never seen Red Asphalt? Wait, we- what's Red Asphalt? Yeah, what? Is it a movie? Yes, it's a movie that I had to watch in Driver's Ed that they've shown for years. And there's like multiple versions of it where like, like every couple years they redo it. And it's literally just 
footage of the aftermath of car accidents. Like you watch them like pick brains up off the street and they're just like, a car is a weapon. Now here's how you use it. And you're just like, oh. So it's just like some weird final destination PTSD for 16 year olds. Like what is this? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, it's fully like the gym teacher from Mean Girls where he's just like, if you have sex, you will die. Take some rubbers. Except they're like, if you drive, your brains will be on the street. Let's go do it. <laughs> Let's get on out there. I legit still remember the story the cop told. And he was like, if you have a bowling ball in your back seat and your car rolls, it'll take your head off. I've seen it. So like for years, oh. I was just like, if I have anything, it has to be in the trunk. Because if I stop too fast, it'll take my head off. <laughs> oh. Every time your dad leaves the house, you're like, be careful, dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going bowling. Don't. <laughs> No, Dad, don't bowl. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God. I do. By the time I was in high school, uh, that that like th- train of thought of like, OK, we're going to scare them into being safe. That was like an urban legend. Like they stopped doing that. Uh. But they what they did, in my opinion, was worse. What they did was they would take car accidents or at least create car accidents and then they would put them into a glass tank and then they would drive it into your school complete with <laughs> fake blood and guts that is Whoa, just on it. hold on. And I have heard of this. Because yes. I lived in Los Angeles, it was put together by people who made like movie props and sets and shit. <laughs> This seems wildly more expensive than a fucking video of clips. Well, you just hire a company. So that's what's even worse is your teacher like kind of cared probably. This company does not give a shit. So they just drive bloody car wrecks onto your school property. And they're like, yeah, kids, don't fucking, I don't know, man. Just, is, are you learning a lesson here? <laughs> they're like meant made by the same people that bring the cash glasses in for fundraisers. Yeah. It's yes. like a whole... <laughs> A whole glass contained business. We had a, that's horrifying that it was like a, I mean, okay, so I'm trying to think why they felt the need to like contain it in glass. I guess just so they don't have to make it over and over again. They just reuse it, you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They totally reused it. But I did just realize right now uh, that it wasn't a real car accident that they were like, okay, get into the glass. They made it. Like, obviously (laughs) they made it, but I never put that together until right now. Yeah. Just tragedy on the road. And they all just cornered it in with four panes of glass. Yeah. They're like, all right. That a lot like when I used to taxidermy dead birds, I found a very similar process. Yes. I, it's interesting to hear you say that because in Vegas, we had this program called Every 15 Minutes. Have you heard of this? Yes. It's basically what Armando's talking about, except way more insane. They create the car accident on campus, and they put all of your friends in it. What? Yes. <laughs> so, like, yes. Hold on. Yes. So, like, you walk onto the football field, and it's really somber, and they redo a whole car accident, and, like, your friend is, like, laying on the hood of a car with their brains spilled everywhere and then a freaking like helicopter comes in and actually like life flights someone out and it's like it's so over the top and then for the rest of the week every 15 minutes a man or woman dressed as the grim reaper comes into the classroom and like takes a kid (laughs) and walks them out it's so ridiculous it's so insane and then 
the whole week just kids dying every 15 minutes and then at the end on friday the original assemblies on monday on friday they put together this horribly sad video of like the parents of the kids that were in the fake accident that had to go and identify their like fake dead kid at the coroner's office it's like so ridiculously over the top okay this is the so worst it's... fucking idea i've ever heard in my entire life <laughs> it's horrible it's horrible but my question is if you get taken by the grim reaper on monday do you just get the week off <laughs> no you go to yes. you go to school heaven they just have a room <laughs> where it's you and all the other people that got taken and you have like a kick-ass birthday party or pizza party I <laughs> okay i mean i'm sold i'd die for that <laughs> I'll die for for a pizza party. Little Caesars? Mm, I'd die for Domino's. (laughs) If I I had been in that situation, I would have started a fake religion based on what happens to you after you get selected. (laughs) (laughs) By the end of the week, people are doing offerings to try and get chosen. It's like a whole list of things. I do offer indulgences. You're just like weaving in the road as you drive. Like, is this how we get to the heaven pizza party? Does this make me a jealous? cat <laughs> if we follow this like trajectory of how they get to do this by like by the time our kids are in school they're just gonna select four high schoolers and actually kill them like in a car <laughs> like some type of the the what is it the what's that story everyone has to read in middle school about you choose a person and then you just murder them what Whoa. the fuck school did you go to? Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> there's this short story. I can't remember what it's called, but there's this tradition in the town and like you, everyone in the town draws straws or whatever. And then whoever has the shortest straw, they just murder that person. <laughs> and it's some type of like, there's too many people, but like it's all of the emotional lead up. It's really dark and fucked up. I don't know. I read it in like ninth grade or something. You guys didn't have this book? Okay. No. <laughs> I saw Midsummer a couple of years ago, but like not no. I did this doesn't ring a bell. We read The Giver. Um, That's a dark but not it has hope at the end kinda. Maybe if they survive. <laughs> question yeah. mark. Um, uh, yeah. well, Any, let's sorry. talk about Trump though. We've yeah. been driving so for a long time. We've, we've moved on a, a really long time. I did want to say uh, about earlier when you were talking about government mandated uh, therapy. I'm sure that your podcast host Steve Schustek is somewhere angrily punching a wall at the very thought. <laughs> yep. um, I agree. Steve would benefit from therapy as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then he would stop punching walls. <laughs> uh so so you you said that you started uh doing the show with ag and jalita uh after the mueller investigation started right yeah pretty much like yeah right when he dropped his first indictment when that fr- so when that first when- indictment dropped bro that shit hits so different. yeah <laughs> yeah that shit slapped <laughs> <laughs> like trump has had some lawsuits before but the that lawsuit like that that indictment though that shit hit different yeah 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 yes it did it was very funny at the time too because just the momentum you know of these indictments getting dropped on people that were in his inner circle it was like you know manafort papadopoulos these people where you're just like 
oh shit stuff's happening and then we literally were like yeah we used to have this thing called fantasy indictment league and every week we would draft who we thought was going to get indicted next (laughs) and sometimes you guys would predict it though that was my favorite is occasionally we're like we're thinking it's going to be manafort and then weeks later it was like turns out it was suck it (laughs) totally yeah it was very very it was satisfying when that happened and i think we got a bit ahead of ourselves at times we were like putting his kids on the league and everything and it's they're not now i know that's hilarious because they're not ever probably going to get touched unless it's by their own father currently they're they're in the current case like they're they weren't part of the Mueller investigation but don jr got essentially summoned last week so like Mm -hmm. they're currently in a case but your show was the first time i heard about essentially his entire plan for trump tower moscow Moscow mm-hmm. uh, while mm-hmm. he was in his first year of office <laughs> like yeah like he's actively trying to build a tower against sanctions in yes. office and so much of the things that he has done was just through the walking through the front door approach and it's like ask you know what's that saying like I don't know I don't fuck I mean you ask for forgiveness later it's basically that except He's like, you know, we'll just wait until the courts drop an indictment on us and then they'll just continuously argue that you can't indict a sitting president. And that's their whole game plan. And then they just kept doing things like that from day one. And it's I wonder how much they're going to be able to actually get him, you know, now that now that he's not the president anymore, because the statute of limitations clock is like five years on a lot of the crimes. And so him not getting reelected should open him up to indictments. But. We'll see. I don't know how the fuck that's going to go. So yeah. we actually have uh, a couple of questions from uh, from listeners of both our show and your show. Th- this question comes to us from uh, Stone Cold Jane Austen. Hell <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's amazing. That's so Holy good. Holy shit. I want to see that Pride and Prejudice remake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they, they ask, uh, what is what do you think the realistic likelihood of Trump being prosecuted for any of his numerous crimes and uh what if anything can normal people do uh about trying to get that to 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 come to fruition well i think the fact that bill barr is not going to be the head of the doj is going to make a huge difference because all the investigations that were happening in the trump effectively stopped when bill barr got instituted and so the most promising district in the country is by far SDNY, the Southern District of New York. They're the ones that are looking into hush money payments and the sorts of crimes because Trump, Trump's like one of those, he's like a mobster, right? Like there's so many things you could slam him on, but he's so protected by all of these fall guys and all of these crazy loopholes he's always going through with all of his finances that to actually nail him on something is kind of difficult. And so getting him on something like a hush money payment, you know, people might think that that's silly and it doesn't matter but it's it's it does matter first off because campaign finance rules should matter and also it's the only thing like it, if, if it's the most promising thing you can get them on then I, everyone should put their support behind that leading into that second part of that question unfortunately i'm not so sure there's too much you know it's not like you can call your congressperson and ask that they support this investigation into him or that's not how the separation of powers works right but you can 
you know, donate to watchdog groups like Crew is an amazing group. They are at the head of a bunch of investigations into Trump and they have been. And you can donate to them and they'll they'll actually be, you know, like on court documents as the party that's suing Trump. And that's that's a direct action people can do. And really, I think so much of this, I hope, is preventable by just voting and not taking our democracy for granted ever 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 again so hopefully if people continue to just care about what's happening you know just because we don't have a semi-dictator in the office it doesn't mean we can just all chill it's not like our democracy is saved so staying engaged voting all the time if you do have money watchdog groups are a really great group to give your money to or candidates especially locally but Everyone should feel really good that Bill Barr is not there anymore. He was like, he's fucking insane. He has a crazy, crazy opinion about how laws should be defined within the Constitution. And it is bonkers. (laughs) Yes, especially when it comes to his opinions on religion. Like, have you seen his speeches to those societies? It's like, this motherfucker is truly comfortable with using God as an excuse for saying, you know, like... Trump is the divine one that's going to come and save us. And sh- it's like crazy QAnon shit that I had. No one had any idea Bill Barr, like, or that's a lie. I had no idea that Bill Barr was that insane. Yeah. And then he got put into that position and then he just like let his fucking freak flag fly. And it was <laughs> so horrifying to watch that all unfold. But I think protecting the DOJ at all costs really comes down to voting and yeah upholding those watchdog groups as much as you can government should have their own watchdogs and their own inspector generals but Trump was also putting inspector generals in that were on his side too and so it's it's like the whole uh I cannot express enough happiness and gratitude (laughs) that he's fucking gone but I think SDNY um also Cy Vance like New York is just killing it i think and he you know has done so much of his criming there so i think we will see an indictment from the southern district of new york whether or not trump will have fled by that point is something that remains to be seen i think he's gonna flee it would be insane for him to not flee where do you think he's gonna go the fucking seychelles someplace where he launders his money i don't know you know there's like these pseudo governments that cater to these insane people probably somewhere like that i i, I don't I think hear there's this like former pedophile island that he's been to before maybe he could buy that one <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly it's like i i mean i was surprised and amazed to hear the news this week that his team formally started the transition process i didn't think that was even going to happen so yeah. once that happens, the second he can get the fuck out, I, I think I think he's going to do that. And I, I don't think that that's an extreme opinion because he really does have so many things that he just doesn't have the means to fight anymore, like when he had the DOJ under his control. If if he did leave and escape the country, do you think that his children would go with him? Or do you think that they would stay here sort of as proxies to run some of the things that he set up here? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, I mean, it definitely seems like they're trying to prime the kids for running, especially Donald Trump Jr. I think, you know, they're going to inextricably be tied to the things that he's done. They get to make, you know, Donald Trump Jr. did it. 
in the Mueller report, he gets to claim ignorance and then pretty much be absolved of any wrongdoing because he just says, oh, I didn't know I wasn't allowed to do that. I don't know how long they'll be able to give that excuse, especially if they've continued to engage in corrupt practices throughout the post Mueller times, which I'm pretty sure they have, but, you know, like <laughs> Paige was just talking about. So I think, I think 100% they had plans for them to run and I can't imagine his whole family leaving either. Yeah. You know? That's what I think too. Yeah. I think they have some like, I think it's scary how long game their scheme is. And just because like they're out of office right now, I don't think that that means we should like sleep soundly. And I hate saying that because I don't want to sound like a, yeah, I don't, I don't like sounding like an alarmist, but it's, it's truly just like you look at how they're trying to manipulate the alt-right and every message that they're spoon feeding to their base is one that they're going to try to continue on as long as they can and keep instituting these people in these positions because they have, I think, a really, really, really evil vision for what America's you know, what they want it to become and who they want it to cater to. So I don't think, I think, Andrea, you might be onto something that they would stay here and basically keep criming while he's gone. And then he could come back or he could, he could like resign, right? And then Pence could pardon him. That's also very possible. If he did that, then he wouldn't have to flee. Um, but, or he could actually, yeah, I I think they're, I don't think they're going to leave though, the kids. I don't think we've seen the last of the Trumps, unfortunately. <laughs> Jesus. Jordan Coburn call, pointing to the stands and calling a sequel. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I, Fucking I, hell. I do think, I mean, the most recent one that is really frustrating, especially when it comes to campaign finance, are the emails they've been sending people to help finance their legal fight against yes. the states that i mean the swing states essentially to try and fund recounts and if you read the like fine print of those anything over 5000 goes to that cause anything under it goes into their slush fund to pay any other legal fees they're yep. just stockpiling money for the legal fight that they're about to have or for him to flee one or yep. the other and people don't even know that that's what they're giving money to. Like, the emails were crazy. I got one that just said, like, mm -hmm. you know, attention, you haven't sent in your whatever. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And then you read through it, and it's them just asking for donations, but it's like a bill. It looks like a bill. It's so crazy. Um, I think that kind of stuff is what we're going to see a lot more of. A lot of them po positioning themselves as the victim to try and raise money, f uh, ill-gotten gains for whatever they want to do. Yeah. <laughs> Positioning themselves as the victim is the perfect way to describe <laughs> this presidency. It's like a rattlesnake playing dead. Like, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. what? Well, and to make yeah. people scared of the alternative. That's the right. big thing, too, is like, you know, when he was on the campaign trail and he was like, oh, if Joe Biden is president, you're going to lose your house and you're going to lose your neighborhood. And it's like, that's not even... What you're describing is not even possible. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> right. Like, let alone for a president who doesn't even control both, like, houses of Congress. Like, it's you. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Totally. Uh, so I wanted to kind of move backwards a little bit because you brought up a, a, a great 
uh, a, a little topic that I've been trying to figure out um, kind of myself. Do you think that Trump is part of the mastermind tier of the nefarious shit that's kind of going on because i have been so uh obviously you're more familiar with like trump's you know newer uh Mm -hmm. at least his 2016 campaign and everything that he did there a lot of the people that he had working for him are the people you know the guy who did breitbart news uh he also had (laughs) Uh, his his digital social media director was just the guy that th- that he had hired to build a website for the for his like real estate business. Like he, th- so just in case you didn't know that the guy running his social media was just like, yeah, I build websites. Uh, I used to work for a construction company. I'm six foot eight, and football didn't work out. Oh God. <laughs> so that's that guy's fucking deal. But they're all they're all these people who are. Um, sort of tied to this movement that was already moving forward uh, prior to Trump's, you know, serious campaign thing. I think it was just kind of right time, right place sort of thing for him. What do Mm -hmm. you think? Do you think that because everything I've read about the man previously is that mm-hmm. he is great at taking other people's ideas and thinking that he came up with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but all of the great things he's done in his life, whether it be the first building he made, the plaza he made, uh, anything that I would say that was good is just him following somebody else's orders. So do you think yeah. that he plays a part in that mastermind tool or do you think he's just kind of uh, one of the tools used by somebody over him? Yeah, I think that's such a good question. It's one that me and my friends have been talking about a lot, too, over the last four years. And I think you're pretty... The idea that he is simply a narcissist who is willing to be the forward-facing, you know, person of things that, you know, a a government that would exist to pretty much exclusively help him and his other rich billionaire friends, that makes more sense to me than him actually being a mastermind of these policies. Because... He doesn't have the the history, it, or I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly certain he doesn't have the history that would suggest that he has any sort of expertise in, you know, like mind manipulation or like how to control or how to orchestrate and execute this sort of fascist movement. I think he's just the definition of a malignant narcissist completely. And that's, it's so, uh, he's a perfect puppet he's like that guy everyone had that friend in school that was like oh yeah yeah yeah. i'll just like they take like two sentences of information they're like yeah i can bullshit that and like get up and talk for like 10 minutes or something about it's he has that's completely how he operates i think you can see it in how he talks i think he has a place in his brain for example when he goes up to do speeches where he's able to retain about like five sentences or phrases or ideas that he needs to circle back to and he he can do that pretty much and do that effectively and other than that I I really don't think he does very much in the planning of how that rhetoric comes out I think he just has crazy people like Stephen Miller and these other I do believe he's a racist though like I believe that he has he embodies the beliefs of the people he surrounds himself with and that he's just completely fine not doing the work basically and just being the face of the movement 
he his speeches are an interesting blender of talking points where it kind of feels <laughs> like those fridge magnets, but for like racism and narcissism, where you're just like you just like throw words at the fridge. You're like, this is a sentence, right? I don't know. Like, yes. is this a poem? Yeah. I mean, every, it's when you hear his speeches, it's so clearly just word association half the time. Where yeah. He, the last sentence he said, he'll just take that word and be like, well, well, what does that make me think of? And then he'll just say the next thing that comes into his mind. Cucumbers are the greatest fruit. Uh... Yeah. And yeah. Everything, the toilet I mean, everything... speeches are the ones that get me. <laughs> The ones where he's like, they don't flush as hard as they used to. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> also, who cares? Why would you care? Yeah, that's something my stepdad has complained about. Is it because he heard it from <laughs> Trump or is this a legitimate complaint? No, my my stepdad is a carpenter. Toilets do not flush as hard as they used to because of water requirements put forth in the 70s by the EPA for how much water you can use in your toilet for every flush. It used to be like, I don't know, like five gallons or something. And they're like, hey, guys. Yeah. You do not need to flush this much water every <laughs> yes. time you take a shit. Which is like a very, I think, I went to, I was in Ireland when I was 18 and their water pressure there is like, you turn it on and the, like the max water pressure is like a trickle. Doing dishes by hand is a complete nightmare. And it's like, but that's probably how we should be living. You know, that's like, it, that is probably <laughs> what's happening. I'm sure it's not some grand conspiracy. It's, it's just the right trend. To be fair though, Ireland does that because they have to fulfill their, uh, their depression quota every year. And that's, <laughs> That's just another tool that they use to make it all sad over there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I just feel like if you're going to focus that hard on toilets not flushing hard enough, you should eat more fiber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, one of my favorite quotes from Mary Trump's book is uh, the one of the first times she went to the White House while he was in office. She said, uh, I was surprised to see a half eaten apple by the side of his bed. That's how that's that's how bad this diet is. His former butler, even I watched an interview with that guy uh, who said that uh, he hates vegetables, hates them, hates them so much. We got to sneak them to him in his mashed potatoes. That's such a hilariously child quality. That's yeah. amazing. He's a giant baby. Like he just really is. He just like. <laughs> He only knows like 10 words. Like he just wants attention. He's, I don't know. It's such an apt comparison. Yes. To, I wanted uh, also to uh, kind of circle back. We, we just kind of let conversations go wild. We are a Trump speech of a podcast. <laughs> we just keep cycling around a couple things. But uh, so you, you started the podcast, I believe, in 2017, right? Yeah. Yeah. End of the year. Yeah. Oh man. So when you started the podcast, what did what did you guys who what was the pitch? Did you guys all come up with it and you were like we should cover this? Like somebody should be covering. No, actually it was just AG. It was totally her idea and she just wanted to have some local female comics on as guests originally mm -hmm. and she asked me and Jaleesa if we wanted to just record the first episode with her. And then we just instantly had really good chemistry on the mic and it was super fun and she was like all right you should just be hosts full-time and then we were just on and that was pretty much that was pretty much it super random that sounds really fun though i i remember it we was. recorded a, a cult podcast recorded an early episode i believe or super -early, early episode no, no, super like early, yeah. super early yeah it was only a couple weeks in 
Yeah. And it was so much fun. That episode is, I don't know the number, but we called it, I think it was Bear Cop. Uh, Bear Cop. Yeah. We're was, talking about Ru- Russian Russian cops that were, right? Was that, yeah. if it my was, memory's correct? Yeah. It was like right after, um, like, I know that this isn't going to narrow it down, uh, but Putin had killed a reporter. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. One of those dozens of times. Oh, my and, God. And there was it was like in the midst of that it was almost like to distract from the fact that he had killed another reporter they were reporting on the dossier the the uh steel dossier Mm -hmm. and they were giving more accurate information from russia than we were getting from america as far as like Mm -hmm. what was contained in it and that's what the episode was about which somehow became bear cops because yeah. everyone in Russia is either a person that's really sad, wearing a sweatsuit, or a bear <laughs> on a unicycle. That's all I know about Russia. Bear, or a, bear a dead very... reporter. <laughs> or a dead reporter, yeah. Or a dead political opponent. <laughs> it's like, Graveyard's oh, full no. of dead Someone's reporters. gaining in the polls. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Speaking of reporters that Putin probably hates, uh, so your show... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember I remember being on an uh, on an early episode where you guys had a pretty good listenership but then uh if I remember mm-hmm. correctly it just kind of exploded all at once. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty um I mean we put you know just like 100 bucks maybe behind Facebook ads every week and that mm-hmm. kind of got us to a couple hundred listeners and then from there, the listener base was just really engaged. Our listeners were people that just were craving this news and they wanted extra, extra detailed information. And, you know, like main media sources aren't going to give you that because they have to cover everything, you know. So I think it just spread like like wildfire kind of because nobody had created the podcast yet. And it was like we were the first podcast, you know, with a name like Muller in it. And just for SEO reasons alone, I think that got us on the map a lot. And I think it was just fun to listen to, you know, it's like still, I think, why people listen to Daily Beans, which wound up being the other podcast that came out of the Mueller, she wrote one. And yeah, they just, they just like the spirit of it. So it, it was completely insane, though. That never happens to podcasts. Like the fact that ours blew up like that in the first couple of months was completely insane. And I think, honestly, is a testament to how thirsty everybody was to know like what the fuck was going on because it was so insane every day just insanity happening it was like so many details have you read the Mueller report i i did yes yeah it's so thick and dense it's, it's like 400 pages yeah, is oh wild. my god yeah in each paragraph the backstory to like everything they talk about is super super dense too and AG, the main host, she just did such a good job. That woman is fucking brilliant. Like, the, the amount of information she can store in her brain and synthesize and, like, spit out in a sensical way is insane. So, well, and I know all she read the whole one, too. Yeah. I, it took me a while. But it's one of those things that used to, once I'd read it, it would frustrate me so badly when people would be like, well, I mean, they didn't find anything. And I'm like, they fully found so many things, <laughs> like yep. so many things. They just can't do yeah. anything because he's a sitting president. <laughs> like, right. Ah. And even that, it's like so many people didn't even understand the concept of the office of special counsel having these, you know, precedents set that you don't indict a sitting president. And that literally being the only reason Mueller chose to not do that was to preserve the sanctity of that office that had been established previously. It's like there's no... No law, nothing in the law said 
that he's innocent. That's not how it went at all. It was like, yeah. if you read the Mueller report, Mueller is saying, yep, this is shitty, this is shitty, this is shitty, this is shitty. And then at the end, it's like, but we're not going to do it because the president to indict a sitting president, you know, isn't there. We, It's the opposite. And it's so infuriating, yeah, when people like, God, the person I'm seeing right now, his dad, is a great person, but voted for Trump and says that same shit, Paige, what you just said. And it's like, did you read the, the Mueller report? No. Okay, well then, can we just stop talking right now? Is, is that, yeah. is that, yeah. I uh, I tried to read the Mueller report um, that that was sent to me, but it was just uh, my dentist telling me about my cavities. <laughs> Your so, Mueller report? Oh my report? God, no. Yeah, and it, here's the thing. He could have chosen <laughs> to take care of those cavities, but there's a precedent set where you can't take care of sitting presidents, and so... Uh, <laughs> I legit for a few minutes thought that the Mueller report was just like Mueller she wrote. Like I thought it was pronounced like Mueller. So I thought it was just like another spinoff of Mueller she wrote, but it turns out <laughs> not. So yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's where I think a lot of people were and definitely still are. It's, it's just it, the amount of time that it takes to even just listen to like that podcast, for example, the episodes are long it's every day we started doing them. It's so much information, which is kind of what I think is one of the biggest downfalls of our democracy is like there's a certain cost that comes with being informed and it's not one that's, you know, compensated at all. It's just like if you have the time to be in the know about things, then you are. And if you don't, then you're not. And I don't even think it's fair necessarily to like blame everybody that's not informed some people just have fucking busy lives and they're like struggling to just make it day to day so podcasts that do that you know like what you all do is amazing because people like the presence of cults right is i mean that's why you're covering trump it's it's so intertwined with just these dogmatic leaders that give no fucks about ruining everyone's life that interacts with them it's psychopathic and whatever podcasts make it so people can you know get that information easily and quickly and god bless them <laughs> yeah podcast podcast hosts are truly the frontline workers <laughs> oh, that geez. america needs <laughs> We are numero uno. Look, we're getting the Ancestry.com details so you don't have to. <laughs> this is, I mean, that, that is something that my husband walks around shouting uh, in, about in our apartment uh, is uh, how Fox <laughs> News is free and the New York Times is not. And like, mm, yeah, how can we expect people to be fully informed when we're charging them for the truth? And mm -hmm. I'm like, I get it. But also the economy. But okay. Yes. Yes. But that's a huge issue yeah. too, where it's like a lot of the people I think who bought into this grew up in a time where they thought they could trust the news all the time. And yes, you know, shows that I feel like like one of my favorite news shows is John Oliver because he cites his sources mm -hmm. and they do insane amounts of research. And I respect that because of what we do. And that's on HBO. Like if you don't if you don't have cable, if you can't afford HBO, you don't get mm -hmm. it. I mean, you may find it on YouTube, but like there is a cost to being informed and it's not necessarily an equal cost for everybody. And that's mm -hmm. tough. And that's something I feel like people should look into maybe. 
Yeah. Someone should be yeah. asking these questions. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, on the topic of, of just kind of this cost of being informed, one of the questions that we got a lot, like <laughs> not only to you, but just to us in general for the small amount of time that we're spending researching is uh, how do you fully entrench yourself for so long into all of the shit that is Donald Trump and his crimes and still have a positive outlook on life. Like, especially now, and again, we're covering Trump at the, uh, the when, when we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know? Yeah. People, we didn't think anyone would be able to handle it, us included, if we had started before the election or if he had won. So we have the the uh, we have the, the upper hand in that we know it's almost over. But you were covering it when like indictments were not guaranteed or, or when shit was mm-hmm. just coming out. How did you how did you kind of cope with that and knowing that that guy's president and would be for another three years? Yeah, well, I got to be honest, we got a lot of shit for this from trolls and even from, you know, people that just weren't super in our corner of thinking alike you know we we really thought that he was going to get indicted and was going to be removed from office or if he wasn't indicted you know he would be impeached and then we go through all of that you know first the Mueller investigation and then through impeachment which isn't that so fucking insane to just think of like like sometimes I forget he was impeached yeah (laughs) yeah me too too. yeah it's so gnarly but we really thought that he was not going to be the president for four years. I, I did not. I was like, there's no way in hell. There's no way in hell this fucking joke yeah. that somehow landed in this office is going to be there for four years. There's no way. Like, the Constitution and the people, you know, that embody the positions that the Constitution affords, there's no way they're going to allow that. And so, in the beginning, it was kind of, you know, I don't want to say exciting because that's very tone deaf, like people are dying because of his decisions. But just from from a person reporting on that specific facet of his presidency, I think it, it was just very enthralling, you know, and thinking, OK, what's going to happen tomorrow? Is he going to in, indict his son? Is he going to do this? And, and then as it went on and it became more and more apparent that, no, we are just like in this for four years. I got sad, <laughs> like really sad. It sucked. It's like every day. I mean, we started doing the podcast every day and the listeners, the the like really loyal listeners that would, you know, be there every single day when it dropped, they would comment on like how our moods were fluctuating over the course of reporting because it does just like hit you sometimes. Some days it was just like, fuck, like our democracy is just slipping away and it's very hard to get on mic and try to like banter about it. And there were days that were really sad, really depressing. Like when the kids in cages news was breaking and it, there were some days that were just really hard to not break down on mic. And like every day in general though, I think anyone that is even remotely informed felt it. There was just an air in this country that was horrible for the last four years and scary and reporting on the details there was some fatigue there, but I wouldn't say it was even anything that necessarily really exceeded what you just feel as like a citizen being in this country watching some fucking idiot ruin everything. That already wasn't great and needed to be fixed, yeah. like a lot. Yeah, it, so, it really did yeah. for four years. It just felt like uh, like I had been fixing up a car in my backyard. And it's like, it's not great, but I have been doing some work on it for about eight solid <laughs> yeah. years. 
And then, uh, and then all of a sudden my asshole cousin came over and he's like, no, I'm the best driver. Just left. And then he just crashed it immediately. <laughs> just totally and then sad. a teacher put it in glass. Yeah. And, brought <laughs> it <in. laughs> school. and there was kids trapped in the back seat, And he was like, we, we were like, should we help them? And he was like, no, car crash isn't real. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't believe it. There's nothing Fuck. we could even do to prevent car crash. Yeah, totally. I mean, I do think dissociating was, that's like a thing that our brains do, you know, in the middle of a traumatic event. And we've been in a traumatic event for four years, just to varying degrees based on, you know, what position you're at in life or what your identity is. And it's it's just been impossible, I think, to be super present through it all. So to answer their question, like some combination of, feeling like there was a point and a purpose to getting the information out there and whatever natural tendencies my brain had to kind of just dissociate itself and, and not identify too emotionally with what was happening. But there were definitely days where my brain was like, no, I can't keep that up. And it, it was just really fucking horrible and hard. But I think, um, yeah, everybody, everybody's been going through it. The day Biden got elected just you know weeping all around because it's like that whole that whole thing feels like the whole thing just got lifted and then you know after that afterglow goes away it's like okay it's still biden and we still have to like fix a bunch of shit stuff's really (laughs) messed up but at least for a second it was like thank jesus we don't have to imagine four more years of this crazy making stuff yeah Yeah. and it was uh, i I remember before the election results came out and and even before the election, Andrea was seriously like, hey, we have to come up with a plan to like flee to Germany or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's crazy that we were, were like, hey, we got to escape to Germany to avoid these fascist Nazis because it is not... <laughs> Uh, it's not a good time to be here. Real Legitimately. talk, I filed. I filed to go to Canada. We 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 didn't follow through all of the paperwork, but I'm considered a skilled professional, and wow. so we looked into. It would have taken us 22 months. See, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. Podcast hosts are number one employees. <laughs> not everyone can do. Th- no, I'm kidding. Any, literally anyone can do this. Uh, I, I legitimately was looking at stained glass studios in other countries just to see like what my possibilities were for gaining employment as a as a professional. Same mm-hmm. thing of just yeah. like, I just fucking want health care. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like I want my kids I want my kids to be born in a country where no matter what they do, they have health care. That's it. Like yeah. yeah. It's the bar is so low and yet we are not passing it. No. And it's like there was that, you know, couple day time period when they announced that Biden secured the victory where it felt like, okay, things are gonna be okay. But again, I hate to be a downer the roots of racism in this country are so so deep yeah it's really 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 scary to me to think about like what needs to happen and a human's ability to cross that threshold when you you know are raised in a society that is racist i'm talking about you know communities that aren't in our liberal bubbles obviously and I mean it still pervades the liberal bubbles so I think we're not like I don't want to say super negative shit (laughs) (laughs) 
I feel basically I I I think uh there's like a real conversation that I've been having internally of like what do you do when your democracy is going down the toilet? Do we have like a duty as people, you know, to try to stay and like do what we can to maintain it or if we leave because this country is like fucking bullshit in so many ways? Is, is that the better thing to do? I, I don't feel like... It's hard to feel a sense of duty to a country that's just been pretty fucked from the get-go. So I, I don't really identify with that sentiment too much. But I, I do also think that there's merit in staying and holding on to an ideal of like what this country could be. But I don't fucking know. I'm just one person. <laughs> well, I, I talked on on uh, the episode that I did with you and Steve on I disagree. My thoughts on being an American in that, uh, and again, we recorded that prior to all of the uh, very heavy tones of racism coming back into the public. Like, and I don't mean just like it's always there for people that aren't white. You know, like racism's just mm-hmm. always right over your shoulder, like a Grim Reaper in math class. <laughs> <laughs> every 15 minutes it takes one of your friends but uh <laughs> oh man that got dark i know you should have seen the time where they brought the kids in cages and put them in a glass tank and drove oh, okay. all right all right i'm done 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 but no we you know there's there's this uh for me i think that america can be so much better especially since there are aspects of america that i do love like the fact that uh, I might be Mexican in my heritage, but I am truly and honestly an American. Like I grew up here. I grew up in a mixing pot full of all different types of people. Uh, I didn't really consider different people to be different types of people until I was actually moved from that bubble in like an older age, uh, like like near high school, middle school. I never really got to experience uh, racism firsthand because everyone was different, you know, and that, and so that's what I think is beautiful. And that's what I think, not obviously that's not America everywhere. Um, but I think that America could be great again. And that's why I am, no, I'm sorry. I disassociate too. I make jokes when I get uncomfortable with these things. Um, because what, so I, for me, my version of it, and I'm sure all of ours here version of of this having to cope with stuff is like covering the clan uh in america Mm -hmm. well where you know where it is and then how that eventually turned into the beginnings of the alt-right and now doing trump which is basically carrying that the alt-right torch from there to here and all these little other white supremacist groups it's hard to not it's hard to not point at what's happening and be like this is evil this is nefarious like there is shit going on that is like super villain level evil that you're not paying attention to that they're on the same side as the people supporting him and now in covering him last week's episode we talked about how his father from a very young age instilled the belief in eugenics in donald trump and his family and was like they're white people are superior genetically and that's all that matters and he also we will get into it on next week's episode when we cover more of the practices of trump but um you know this is a man who was like definitively racist towards black people and non-white people like actually provably being racist to them and uh was forced to to pay restitution and to do stuff and then didn't even do that he like there's no way he's not racist 
you know, mm-hmm. like, like you said, like, it's so clear. And when you try to point at this, they, they say things like, uh, like Trump has done more for, for black people than any other president since Abraham Lincoln, which even like, that's a fucking dumbass comparison. Um, yeah. Well, he does stuff like the amount of people that he pardoned, if the source that I got this from is correct, and I believe it was NPR, but it, yeah, it was definitely NPR. They had said that compared to previous presidents, Trump actually wound up pardoning the most or commuting sentences of the most amount of black Americans of any other president just from, you know, the start of his presidency until until that time and it's like he does shit like that which is so i find that to be i mean i think that's just such an as far as things you can do as a president to actually address racial injustice that's that's the easiest thing you could do is take your your one you have this power to pardon people and then you you would apply that to individuals and just because you did it to a few more people than other presidents do then you get to say that you've done the most as any other president right so like when he says that he's talking about shit like that he's not talking about actual policies that he's done that are actually going to affect a significant amount of black americans and people of color he just does these i mean you can't even call it lip service he fucking meets with Kanye West and Kim Kardashian like three times and expects the black community to like trust him. And it it's it's that in itself is so offensive, I would imagine. I, I uh, it's like a new kind of it's a new kind of racism that's not just blatantly racist. It's very insidiously racist and it it's like a wolf in sheep's clothing in many ways. Well it's like the white saviorism complex of yeah. like if mm-hmm. I do one nice thing to you but all of the good things are because I am so benevolent and I'm so great and you are beneath me and you need my help. Like that is yeah. a type of racism that exists in people that think that they're doing a good thing, but you know, they're doing mm-hmm. real harm to other communities. So yeah, 100% that. Mm-hmm. It's also very similar to uh, something that we've covered before, which is his father, uh is you know is he's a first generation american who was almost born in germany like if he had been if he had stayed in Ger- if his mother had stayed in germany for just a few more months he would have been born in germany and uh he was an american during world war ii when it wasn't like super sick to be german and the way that he compensated for his previous uh anti-semitism stuff that had been caught in the past like being at a clan rally like uh uh uh, uh discriminating against <laughs> you know how that just happens you just find yourself at a well, clan I, rally I sorry guys i, I can't i'm not allowed to, was... i'm allegedly he was there and was arrested in conjuncture with being uh uh some part of this clan rally just whether we don't know the circumstances and they're very upset about anyone who tries to imply anything i yeah i mean even if you're like the water cut yeah. <laughs> i thought they said it was a pan rally i need a new pan for the kitchen i'm so sorry they just gave me this white hood at the door i had no idea 
but but after you know after shit like that came out his father gave a bunch of small donations to jewish charities and would uh constantly try to find wealthy jewish people that were around his circle and made sure to take a bunch mm-hmm. of pictures with them like it's that's yeah oh it's God. just the same like it's i don't think it's new at all i think it's i think it's another page torn out of his dad's playbook which you can see almost all of these things are like they're all just little pages that his dad had built up over time because they're i'll give him this both of them actually all three of them all three generations of trumps from his grandfather to him and even his kids they're fucking great grifters like they are so good at being opportunists that do not care if the people they're fucking over are going to get fucked in the end like it, it doesn't matter to them it never all it might not even occur to them right isn't that like a psychopath yeah president psychopath <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean he just associates with anybody that has power and anybody that has power and is not an evil person doesn't want to associate with him because who the fuck is he he doesn't belong in like any space at all except an epstein party so <laughs> No one wants to hang out with him except dictators and people that do shitty things with their money. Like, he's he doesn't associate with rich people that are doing good with their money. It's exclusively bad people. It's exclusively evil people, which I guess the distinction between evil and psychopath, I don't know. I guess that's a conversation that needs to be more fleshed out by the psychological community. Yeah, by our state-mandated therapist. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you. Bring back Marion Williamson. <laughs> um she we used to have a joke on the podcast that she could be named secretary of vibes (laughs) (laughs) that sounds great that would actually be amazing but yeah yeah he um so when he does stuff like reaches out to like rich jewish people around him too i i can't I don't want to be like presumptuous, but I can't imagine that those people are very close with, you know, grassroots Jewish organizers that are working on, you know, establishing a just socioeconomic, you know, and just like anti-racist and anti-genocidal population in in the country. That yeah. these are just people with money. And he goes, "Oh, good. And they're also Jewish. That'll look nice." Yeah. There's Yeah. There's one of the biggest things that uh, I, I've always I've been very upset about is uh, is people that he is directly being racist to. Uh, you'll always get a few of them who are fans of him and his shit. And then they'll parade them out like they're like they're like, oh look, he's not racist. Look at L- Latinos por Trump. Did you guys hear the song by the way? His fucking, <laughs> yes. his fucking oh, it's so did. funny, dude. That shit bangs. Like I hate <laughs> Trump, but that shit fucking bangs though. But they'll they'll oh, they'll get uh, like my my f- I, I have uh, some friends and and some family members that are trump supporters and you know it's it's always the stupid shit um like oh he's a businessman and it's like you're not even a businessman you sell (laughs) cocaine and give haircuts dude come on (laughs) calm down but but there it's this thing that's that's been that's been prevalent at least in uh mexican american culture because i see it a lot is the the self-hating mexican that's just Mm -hmm. like these people 
don't want to be associated with quote unquote the negative stereotypes and so they separate themselves from it entirely and and then what that actually does is brandish everyone else from that race as the negative stereotype like they're not the lazy person there are other ones in sexism we call those the pick me ass bitches yeah Yeah. (laughs) i'm not like other girls yeah the i'm not like the other girls trope i mean that that's essentially what you're doing is when you're experiencing a type of systemic oppression you want to distance yourself from the your own group in order to appear better than them yeah and gain acceptance yeah absolutely that's how you get shit like this It does slap, man. It, it, it does slaps hard. I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. What? Was this funded by Goya? <laughs> yeah, I think it was. <laughs> It has to have been. Oh, my God. Oh, no. So, Uh. so yeah, I just, that's, every time there's an inclusion of somebody that isn't white to the the group, the fact that they have to point out that they're not white is, I feel like, the biggest red flag. You know, (laughs) that they're not just, like, a Trump supporter. It's like, look at this very good, look at my African-American here. You remember that? (laughs) When he did that? When he pointed at a black guy and said, look at my African-American. I have the best (laughs) African-American. The, yeah. the problem is when you're constantly uh. claiming to be colorblind, you don't see all those red flags. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. I don't, I can't, I've already lost the rhythm. I'm sorry. I'm My so favorite wet. part <laughs> is that one of the lines, one of the things that they're saying that Donald Trump did is la economia, the economy. And then they just say, but they, it doesn't make sense. Even if you translate it, they just say the economy for Trump. <laughs> That's it. A very good life for Trump. Oh shit, no. that does make sense now that I say it like that. A very good life oh, no. for Trump, the economy for Trump. Yeah, everything's for uh, him. That's oh, the thing. Damn it. That's I think about the super white Christian base and this rift that they have amongst themselves with him being the savior and, you know, like this fucking second coming or whatever shit they believe. And then there's magazines and, you know, like Christianity Today that publicly didn't, you know, they went hardcore against him. Yes. Yeah. There's so many prominent people in that religious space that call him out and go super against him and so it's 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 so uh like usually religion is a very united front you know like when it when it comes to politics or crusading i think right <laughs> yeah exactly exactly it's like i mean apparently the bible's pretty cut and dry i guess <laughs> there's not a lot of uh interpretation that gets like it's uh, their nuance, really. They all seem to be on the same page about everything. Yeah, that's why we have but. one Christian religion and no denominations. <laughs> <laughs> to, I mean, to be honest, though, this is where. So, my parents were Republican the entire time I growing up. They always have been. I think they technically still are, but they are Christians who found themselves in that space of like, we don't 
love this guy because if Mm -hmm. I mean like at least to the point where there are a lot of people who claim to be Christians who are like Donald Trump's Donald Trump is our savior and the Bible goes so far against that in so many Mm -hmm. ways that yeah like false idols yes that you run into people who are like actually I read the Bible and hard pass like (laughs) we we may not be into the other guy but like hard pass on that and they essentially those people have now found themselves without a party and I think a lot of them voted blue this time or sat out Um, Mm -hmm. but I think it's really interesting that essentially we I think used to have more of a I mean a more moderate two-party system if that makes sense where people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. disagreed but could still kind of meet in the middle somewhere and I think we now have a system where our left has gone pretty moderate uh, and our right is so far right Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. people who previously would have identified as republicans are now kind of without a party like what is the republican party anymore after this yeah like a, a Joe Lieberman could never exist in today's current right, climate. Exactly. He like jumped back and forth to the parties like three times yes. or something. Yeah. Uh, if he did that, it would be like, bro, are you okay though? <laughs> yeah. That's like, oh, are you, that's like fucking are you, insane. Are you talking about uh, Donald Trump who started as a Democrat? As a Democrat, then moved yep. over to yeah. a uh, Republican, then moved over to a Democrat, then moved over to the uh, oh, some other random third party and then back to republican a whole bunch just flip-flopped a whole bunch didn't care before yes it's almost as if the parties mean nothing and are only exploited for people's personal gain (laughs) this is why i'm a declined to state voter thank you (laughs) thank you (laughs) yeah i uh that's such an interesting point page i think like i should clarify when i was talking about the christian community specifically the white base yes. that's like we all are united front on you know our abortion stance and our stance on guns for some reason which <laughs> that's like that's such a random because like i grew up in california uh guns were not necessarily a part of church ever like that was never a thing we never had them in the house my mom didn't like them in the house and so when i encountered people as an adult who were like jesus and guns i was like why are guns part of it like (laughs) and and it's become this thing where they it's almost like they're supposed to be this monolith and they're just not you know people are different right crazy because i grew up in california too and i all everyone in the church was strapped bro like everyone I swear to God, the crucifix they had hanging up on the wall, Jesus had like a, 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 a sock gun. He just had it like tucked <laughs> well, no, right that's there. What, that's why he has the cloth here because he keeps it behind in the oh, back. Oh, he's got yeah, a concealed yeah, yeah, yeah. carry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Concealed carry, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Fucking sick. The thing is, is like in the Midwest, everyone is born six gun in your hand did i nail that did i hit it did i do it good? i don't know what you were trying to hit so she was yes. trying to do bad bad company or bad company. Oh. bad company oh bad company by bad company off the album bad company exactly yeah. yep, 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 yep. <laughs> 
Yeah, you definitely hit it. You hit it, you shot it, and then you buried it in a shallow grave. I did. I'm so sorry. I was born with this gun. It's tiny for my baby hands. <laughs> oh, yeah. We that that has been something that uh Andrea actually was the, the the person who first brought it up when I was trying to like map out how I was going to cover the Trump series, but um she she pointed out something that I didn't even think about, which is that a lot of people had to had to question whether or not this person could be, even be qualified as Christian, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like if this because that that's the thing is like the OK, the Pope was like, nah, the Pope was like, that's not what we do. That's <laughs> My not parents were like, we're nah, about. they're yeah. like, nah, not he he may be president, but he's not Christian, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. especially when he was taking like those fake photos outside church that made my mom furious. Oh, yeah. yeah. My God. I'm not a believer. Never have been. But I can't imagine how infuriating that would be. Yeah. It's like, bro, that shit's the definition. You couldn't pick a more direct way to shit on everything that I find literally holy. Yeah. It is like <laughs> so incredibly offensive. I, I just... But I think the kinds of, you know, like, religious zealots that wind up following him are more like the profile of my uncle, who probably will not listen to this podcast, and as such, I will entirely divulge his rather horrendous uh, intimate details of his life. But he he is now a Christian, was not a Christian before. His process of becoming a Christian happened over the course of, like, a year when he was like dating someone stopped dating this person started dating his his secretary who at the time was actually a lesbian raising a child with this other woman they have an affair they get together they have kids and then they become ultra christian to the point where they're like fuck all this other shit you know god jesus and country and now they're like incredibly Christian people that also are like super for Trump. So that's more of like the profile of a person that I think of that is still sticking with him as a Christian. It, it's it's just it's it's not uh, like the moral consistency fundamentally isn't there. It can't be. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Tell your uncle I'm looking forward to the fucking mini series on Netflix about his fucking life. <laughs> I know. <laughs> How many tigers does he own? i think one of the most upsetting things about this entire presidency is just not being able to have a conversation based on facts with anyone on the Mm -hmm. other side where like Mm -hmm. my i full disclosure i i haven't spoken to my mom since the day before the election because Mm -hmm. of how seriously the idea of another four years it gave it was literally giving me panic attacks and my mm-hmm. i was like talk, trying to talk to my parents about it my mom's like donald trump is the only president to be nominated for three nobel P- peace prizes and it's just like what even is this like just li- my mom posts this like whole thing on facebook that line by line is just absurd lies and when i send her articles from the pope she won't read it when i send her articles from news organizations she won't read it but she's just reposting these facebook things and calling everything fake news and it's just like i can't even have a conversation with you because you Mm -hmm. don't live in reality 
Mm-hmm. Like you live in this magical place that doesn't exist. Like you don't see what's happening and I don't know how to talk to you. And that for me has been the hardest part of all of this is just feeling like you are con it's essentially being gaslit by half of the country all the time. Yeah. I'm really sorry, dude. That sucks. Yeah, yeah I, f- I feel so bad for white people. Now you guys get to find out who you knew that was racist. Uh, <laughs> Spoiler, it was everybody. I mean, I knew. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't really happen for me because I feel like people racist against Mexicans, I didn't really fuck with them that heavy <laughs> to begin with. I don't think they were a big They didn't Armando give birth fan. to me, so like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's upsetting. It's it's upsetting yeah. and confusing too. Just the cognitive dissonance of people that will say those people like about other races of people, and then like not understand that like, hey man, you're being pretty racist right now. They'll be like, I'm not racist, but the most racist shit. So it's just yes. I don't even know. Yeah, my um, my uncle would like. I hate shitting on him so publicly because I really do love him. We had so many good times and our family used to get together, you know, every Thanksgiving, every Christmas. And it was like so fun. And so many people in my family are really smart and funny. And it was just like the best time getting together. And then when my uncle and his son turned away, basically, from reality, it was like it was when QAnon was starting to kind of come up in that whole culture my uncle starts talking about these YouTube videos and, and, you know, all of these things and, like, what's really happening. And he's an attorney and he's really fucking smart. So he would talk about these things and he would feel like he had some sort of authority over the facts, quote unquote. And it just got to a point where every time we met up, it was relentless. You know, like, at the time, we didn't even have the term fake news. It was just, you know, this won't stop. We, we And then we stopped meeting and we haven't had, like, family holidays since. And it's because of that shit they they just refuse they're like actively choosing to live inside that that bubble instead of trying to they can't allow anything to pierce it or else the whole thing will pop so it's like that's it yeah you just fucking you're either out of the bubble or you're in the bubble and it's it's really tragic it's like you experience a certain amount of almost death of that person yeah. because you can't interact with them like you could before and it's people think it's like the liberals fault or something for being too woke it's like no dude this person i can't even talk to them like they aren't even like there anymore yeah because yeah, their, their first prerogative at any given moment is to talk about this always yes yeah it's it's really weird and i think it's interesting because we're definitely i know we're going to get into it on future episodes but like when we talked about like the flat earthers we covered like the whole kind of the conspiracy theory part of it and the sort of victim like the self victimizing like complex of it makes them more likely to believe something that isn't in the news because it's like well the government is wrong and like just this mistrust generally of anything factual it, it was mm-hmm. so baffling for me to just be like, wait, what? Like, you think the earth mm-hmm. is flat and that and that's why no one's talking about it. And there's a large conspiracy to make the earth be round. Like, why? Wow. Like, who gives a shit if the earth is flat around? Honestly, who gives a fucking shit? Yeah. Except for the fact that it's the truth. Yeah. Like, 
what right who is benefiting wildly from the <laughs> yeah qui bono qui bono indeed <laughs> airplane companies here's the thing <laughs> the people benefiting the most from flat earthers are definitely same day t-shirt printers yes <laughs> has anyone talked to the airbrush jacket industry <laughs> yeah the 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 flat earthers episode is fucking crazy because it's almost the exact same thing where if you go and look at that so we looked at at where the theory comes from you know where like the source material for this idea comes from or at least the resurgence of it like we went as far back as like they used to think the fucking earth was flat um, but now it's pretty common knowledge that even by the time fucking Christopher Columbus was around, like even he knew that the fucking earth was round. So this resurgence mm-hmm. happened by a grifter who thought that he could use this stupid idea to like get money from people. And he was constantly proved wrong, even at the time. And, uh, mm-hmm. and every time would just be like, no, I don't know. That's fake news. That didn't really happen that way. Uh, and it was easier back then. Uh, surprisingly, because if somebody said something, you could just say, uh, and then no one could prove you wrong. Yeah. yeah, pre-Google news was some bullshit. Yeah, you would need to travel for 46 days straight to talk to somebody face-to-face. <laughs> or send your carrier pigeon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. So wh- I, we, we don't have uh, a ton more time left, uh, unfortunately, on Earth as humans. Uh, Armando <laughs> Torres. <laughs> Uh, no, but he's not wrong. You no, know, I know. That's why I want to make it a better America. Um, so you were, uh, you were on Moeller. She wrote, uh, for a very long time. I, I, and now you do, uh, I disagree, um, where you, you talk to somebody who is, uh, a very strong believer in the, in a third party. Um, what, what did you, what did it feel like? kind of during this election knowing that uh steve would be voting for a third party not necessarily like i'm not i'm not saying that i i disagree with the need for more than two parties uh but Mm -hmm. specifically in this election how did that kind of affect things yeah well so steve and i both live in california and he did admit that if he didn't live in california he would have voted for biden but since California, you know, he feels is a solid enough blue state that it wasn't a risky vote and that it was important for him to exercise his desire for a third party. But it's like, honestly, I kind of used to think like that, too. But there's no person that's sitting there thinking, hmm, it looks like the people really want a third party. We better put that on the list of things to do. Like, no one's <laughs> counting up the fact that people voted third party. It's like, either enough people vote third party or they don't. There's yeah. no, like, you know, philosophical vote here. So that was just frustrating on principle. But what was the most frustrating is at some point during the election cycle when the court packing uh well i just started i really need to stop doing the okay sign yeah. i know i video, do it too sometimes i forget i do it to I'm emphasize like, things and it is not chill and this is aggressive especially I when we're talking about QAnon. it's like you're trying to give everyone like that no no but i'm cool yeah sorry for people that have no video which is every single person listening <laughs> to this. but at a, at, a, at a certain point i'll do the the thumb the thumb that you know this the one the fist yes thank you the barack <laughs> At a certain point, Steve started saying, if Biden is for court packing, adding, you know, Supreme Court justices to the bench, then I will not vote for him. And Steve was convinced that Biden 
was set on doing that and so there was a certain point where he was like that's it I'm not gonna I wouldn't even vote for him if I was in another state which of course is all just you know hypothetical hypothetical but that was infuriating to me because obviously so it, it just infuriates me that people like Steve exist honestly and <laughs> like <laughs> In, in that one specific scenario because he's such a smart person and it's like dude so how how are you gonna let one single how, how are you gonna be a single issue voter in general really i just take issue with that uh, like you know period it doesn't make any sense in terms of trying to do its best for a democracy but yes steve is a libertarian he voted for Joe Jorgensen and, uh, surprise, got got no satisfaction out of doing so. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Biden's still the president. And he also retracted his comments, Biden did, on the court packing. So he said, yeah, no, maybe I wouldn't do that. And then and then Steve kind of chilled out a little bit. But I, I just, I get, I mean, 1,000% the two-party system is going to be if not hasn't already been the demise of our government's ability to function but to institute a third party i feel like something's gonna have to happen where a coalition of members in congress have to get together and be like all right starting next election cycle we're all running as you know fill in the blank and i feel like that's the only way that a third party is going to emerge in america unless the major parties have a massive split you know like very publicly just in their ideology uh which they already have i mean that's the same thing really yeah they would just have to they'd have to split split and come together voting using your third party vote is just a danger that like i do not want to fuck with for the rest of my life i do not believe that any state is safe at this point anymore i've seen too much (laughs) i think that the first step in abolishing the two-party system though is just abolishing the electoral college yeah like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as soon as every vote actually counts now we can start having real conversations where we can really elect people based on their policies instead of this weird like you know i don't know if i win this many things i win the whole thing it doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. you know it's just like however many votes that's the person that wins and then at a certain point you could say like okay what if this guy is the new senator that would be, mm-hmm. he doesn't have a party. That's cool. I like him. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're so right. I agree with you. Did you guys know that the Electoral College isn't a real college? <laughs> <laughs> so my degree Did is you meaningless? Apply, <laughs> I kept trying to go there. Go outdated. Anyway, um, Jordan, uh, we loved having you on. I really want people to listen to I Disagree, especially because you described your co-host as, quote, very smart, but God, I hate people like him. I think I, I, think I may have par- paraphrased a little bit there, so I don't know why I quoted it. Uh, please don't sue me. And uh, allegedly you said that. But uh, yeah. where, where can people find uh, I Disagree? You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, just look us up, I Disagree Podcast, wherever you listen, and you will find us. You can find us on Twitter at the I Disagree Pod. And thank you for the plug, my good friends. Oh, yeah. It has been so fun being on here with you all. I'm really stoked that we're friends in general and also in the pod space. Yes. But it's really <laughs> good to see your faces. This has all been such a nightmare. I know. <laughs> yeah. It is nice I- to see you. <laughs> I can't wait till we can hug again. <laughs> yes. Make America hug again. <laughs> I was supposed to see you the first week of April and then literally like the week before I was supposed to go to San Diego to do your show. It was like, nope. 
just yes. kidding everything yes. is closed oh yeah yes that was yeah oh my god remember when i made toilet paper out of art guys this is great it was really <laughs> we all lost a little something yeah i lost a lot of toilet paper <laughs> <laughs> And boy, do I need it. Um, Jordan, Still. <laughs> Jordan, thank you so much for joining us. Where can uh, where can people find and follow you? Uh, I am also on Twitter at Jordan's Confused. And you can follow me on Instagram at Jordan Coburn Comedy. Oh, thank you. they let you have a Twitter too, I see. Hmm. Yes, Interesting. they do. You know, they don't just give those mm-hmm. out to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to be able to use a computer passably, which cuts out a large, large percentage of our population. Boy, you'd think so, but not true. <laughs> um. I know, my fucking grandma's on Twitter. <laughs> Remember when uh, Facebook was fun before our parents were on it? That was really the heyday. It's like, <laughs> this is for kids. Yes. Facebook Facebook made up most of my junior and sophomore, well, junior and senior year. Why did I go backwards? <laughs> my junior and senior year. I was really into it for two just... years, but not for the last one. I didn't <laughs> yeah. need that negativity in my life. <laughs> yeah. I turned away. But yeah, man, Facebook is. Fuck Facebook. Fuck Facebook so hard. We didn't shit on them at all this episode. I'd just like to throw that in at the oh, end. Oh, yeah, with their with their not policing things that aren't true and allowing yes. people to post fake news all the time. Like actual yes, fake news. Analyticatize. Yeah. Yes. That shit's so fucking terrible. Had to end on a bad note. No, 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 no. <laughs> that, was, that was great. Um, hey, if you're not a member of the Facebook group, go join now. Uh, sign up for Facebook.com. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> we have a super active Facebook group. This this episode brought to you by. Oh yeah, I'm on Facebook every day. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Zuck Industries. Um, yeah, we uh, we we had a great time recording with you, Jordan. Thank you so much. Uh, I think uh, I think that's gonna do it for us here. Um, yeah. Sweet. Hope to see you soon. <laughs> okay. Sweet. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Just to make sure I don't fuck this up, Paige, I just pressed the record button, right? Yeah. And that stops it? That stops it. And What if I meant for the first time? <laughs> <laughs>